New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Friday night. It's five o'clock on the mountain time zone. And that means it is time for the good news. That weekly collection of stories that I've rustled up from across the internet that remind me we are living in a world that's working better for everybody. And that I think you'll find inspiring enough to share with your friends and family throughout the weekend. I trust that is so. And so we go. Let's get started. First up tonight, this one really caught my eye. Uh, genetically modified pig kidneys are provide, have uh, been tested to provide life-sustaining kidney functions. And this is what happened. The University of Alabama's preclinical human study at Birmingham uh, was advancing the science of xenotransplantation. So what's happening here is they did a seven-day clinical study uh, with someone who donated their body to science as they died from kidney failure. Uh, and what they were able to do is implant these genetically modified kidneys uh, that kept the body, not the brain, but the body alive for another seven days. Uh, the kidneys function remarkably over the course of the seven-day study. That is according to uh, the doctors involved. It is truly, it's been truly extraordinary to see the first ever preclinical demonstration that appropriately modified pig kidneys can provide normal life-sustaining kidney function in a human safely and be achieved using a standard immunosuppression regimen. That's a lot to say it works, folks. Uh, kidney disease kills more people each year than breast cancer or prostate cancer. Uh, and over 90,000 people are currently on the transplant waiting list. And over 800,000 Americans are currently living with kidney failure to some degree. The wait for a decreased donor kidney can, uh, for a deceased donor kidney, excuse me, can be as long as five to 10 years. Uh, and almost 5,000 people a year die waiting for kidney transplants. This is a promising technology and promising science that's happening right now. That's the good news. Folks, you know, we get a lot of our good news stories over at the Good News Media Network, uh, goodnewsnetwork.org. Please stop on over there, say hi, let them know 
uh, that you, you uh, had a chance to take a look at one of their stories. And that's where we find our next story as well tonight. Uh, now, what we've got here is Better Cotton. Uh, and Better Cotton is a company that just published a major annual impact report highlighting significant progress in India that has slashed pesticide use and water use while making improvements to farmers' lives. The world's largest cotton sustainability initiative charted the performance of Indian farmers from 2014 to 2022 and found overall pesticide use decreased 53% with water usage dropping by nearly one-third. Uh, the farmers enrolled in the Better Cotton program, almost a million, uh, also saw their costs reduced by 15.6% per hectare of land. Uh, a hectare is about two and a half acres for everybody here in the U.S. Since uh, And the group uh, launched their India operations in uh, 2011. So they've seen a 15.6% uh, use cost reduction since 2011. Good stuff going on. And I mean, we all like our cotton, right? I know I do. I don't know what I would live without my cotton t-shirts. Hey, here's a great story that we found uh, off of Staten Island. Now, we've reported on this type of thing before. Uh, new concrete breakwater is being assembled that makes room for nature in a beautiful yet simple way. Now, these are called the living breakwaters. If you look at them, you've got different shapes and sizes and they fit all together there. Uh, every one of the blocks is spe specifically formed to maximize the space for, for bivalves like oysters to glom onto uh, while above the waterline. Depressions capture the seawater and allow for tidal pools to form in the tops. Uh, these were designed by Kate Orff. She's an eco-designer and architect from Scape. Their brilliance comes from the subtle tweak to an existing product that makes room for nature. The physical design of living breakwaters is an ingenious mix of nature and carefully modeled artificial elements that mimic naturally occurring reef formations in order to report, uh, support marine life. That's from a press release with the Obel Awards, not the Nobel Awards, the Obel Awards. Architecture must recognize its ecological and social responsibility. Living breakwaters does exactly that. As such, this relatively low-cost, low-tech response provides a seminal example of how to design not against but with nature in adapting to the changes that lie ahead. Amen to that, folks. Uh, they say that as oysters colonize and put the life in the living breakwaters, the space between each individual block will narrow <coughs> Excuse me, and harden, making it more effective as a flood and storm defense system. We are doing it right, folks. Creating a world that works better for all, and that includes all life, and that includes the oysters and the bivalves, and protecting our shorelines as well, all with innovative ideas. Congratulations, folks. Uh, what a great, great story. And hey, we're going to stay in the water theme for just a little bit longer here. Uh, now, the story I found says, you know, any good gardener knows that a good wheat Weeding can go can do uh, wonders, and it turns out much the same is true for coral reefs. 
What we're looking at here is a volunteer sea weaving program uh, launched in Australia. Scientists are witnessing com compounding coral recovery, both in quantity and diversity. They suggest that it's a simple method as the power to transform degraded reefs over one, that have been overrun by macroalgae. Over a period of three years, the Joint Earthwatch Institute program, which was led by James Cook University and their senior research officer, Hillary Smith, as well as Professor David Bourne, uh, and who's also at the JCU, James Cook University, and the Australian Institute of Marine Services, have organized volunteer citizen scientists to help remove macroalgae at two experimental sites along the Great Barrier Reef. The results of the first three years of work and study have, have now been published in the Journal of Applied Ecology, and they show a 600% increase in coral recovery rates. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Uh, wow. Smith said, it's just like weeding your garden. Every time we return, the seaweed is growing back less and less. So this method could provide long-lasting benefits without requiring endless effort. Gotta love it, folks. In, from innovation to just doing what everybody does. Weed the garden. Weed the coral reefs. Who would have thought? Thank you, Ms. Smith, for your uh, wonderful, Hillary, for your wonderful idea there. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Let's let a couple of our sponsors say hello, uh, and we'll be right back with more good news. Don't go away. Hit the like, share, and subscribe button. Let your friends and family know what we're doing here tonight. And we'll be right back with more.
And we're back with more of the good news here on a Friday night on the New Thought Media Network. So grateful that you are with us. And hey, I really do hope you can join us for the Jesse Powers concert and Patricia Bahia next week. That's a week from tomorrow night, and it's going to be a rocking good time here at the Arvada Studios. So if you're in Colorado, you'd like to join us in person, let me know. If you're remote, watch for the link coming this week and join us next Saturday night. All right. Hey. On this program, over time, we have done some great reports on some big old trees. And a new one has been lo located, uh, this time by photographer, professional photographer TJ Watt. Uh, now, ever since he was 19, TJ realized that the best way to help protect these old growth trees uh, is to photograph them. And so he has been uh, doing just that. And on a recent trip, uh, in Flores Island in Claycock Sound, he found one of the largest, oldest trees in the country, in, excuse me, in Canada. So this is Canadian. Uh, in British Columbia is where, uh, you know, so in the Flores Islands in the Claycock Sound, I believe that's British Columbia. Uh, he said, quote, no tree has blown me away more than this one. It literally is a wall of wood. And this tree is unique because it gets t wider as it the taller it gets. It's a red cedar. Uh, and if you've ever been in amongst the red cedars, you know how amazing it is when you're with an old growth red cedar tree. Uh, there's another picture of it. It grows even taller. Uh, it's about 16 and a half feet at the base and about 147 year, uh, 47 feet tall. It's estimated to be about a thousand years old. And uh, the tree is on First Nations land, so and it's on land that's protected at this point to never be, uh, never be uh, logged. So this tree could go for another thousand years. Uh, these now remember these ancient trees are just are are really an ecosystem unto themselves. Uh, they provide the forest they live in with a wealth of genetic information on how to survive diseases, pests, drought, storms, and more. And they produce or pollinate offspring as well. Uh, again, the tree is located in a forest that's ineligible for logging, which hopefully means it'll be enriched the forest for many, many years to come. Uh, they did name the tree uh, Big Red Cedar as well. <laughs> that's the, the ancient uh, indigenous name for the tree big red is what they decided to call it big red cedar good news coming out of british columbia hey we've reported on this story before as well but here is a new version of it all uh if you didn't know the second uh the only really the only place where it is safe to for the average people public to mine diamonds or prospect for diamonds and keep what they find is Crater of the Diamonds in Arkansas. Uh, well, here a seven-year-old little girl uh, found herself one of the second uh, the second largest diamond found uh, in that area. It's a 2.95 carat diamond. Uh, it is absolutely flawless, from what they say. Uh, no broken, no broken facets. Uh, I didn't know that uh, I knew these were here and I didn't realize uh, this was how rapidly they're now coming to the surface. So a 3.72 carat uh, was discovered in 2019. The little girl, just, uh, her name is Aspirin Brown. 
and she decided to name it the Aspen Diamond. It has a broken brown color and a sparkling luster. It's a complete crystal with no broken facets and a small crevice on one side created when the diamond was formed. That's according to Wayman Cox, assistant park superintendent. He also said it's certainly one of the most beautiful diamonds I've seen in recent years. Congratulations, Aspen. Anyone want to guess on how much that diamond might be worth? Up to $50,000, depending. Good news for little Aspen. Congratulations. Here's a story that just warmed my heart, and I can't, I, I, I couldn't pass it up. If you have ever dri driven through the state of Kansas, you know not only is there a giant painting of sunflowers, but there is often a lot of sunflowers to be seen. And our next story is one of those heart warmers. Farmer Lee Wilson took 80 acres of his cropland and kept a secret for a few months by planting sunflowers for his wife. It's not only the state flower, it happens to be his wife's favorite. And he made it all happen as an anniversary gift for their 50th anniversary. 50 years marriage. Congratulations to both of you. Uh, so Lee planted 80 acres. He said it added up to about 1.2 million sunflowers in total. And he kept the whole thing a secret at, from May until August. He planted in May and started to see in flowers in August. It made me feel very special, said his wife. It couldn't have been a more perfect anniversary gift. People came from miles around to take pictures and experience the sunflowers. I love these types of stories, folks. They're fun and they warm the heart. And they remind us that 50 years, we're all capable of 50 years if we want to do it. Uh, so, uh I, I'm just congratulations, folks. All right, we're going to take another quick break. Say, uh, let another uh, let uh, you learn a little bit more about our lead sponsor, and we'll be back with more and our final stories, including our Hero of the Week award. Please don't go away. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Blessings, everybody. My name is Jafon Seeley. Could you imagine what is actually possible when we start honoring and recognizing our inherent worth, realizing that we are that which is assisting in co-creating our experience? And with that understanding, start recognizing that every human, every individual, everything that we interact with reflects that same inherent worth. It's not about an adventure, it's about the atmosphere of the consciousness of adventure, the lifestyle of adventure. How many people would say that their lifestyle is adventurous? My name is Lisa Benson. I'm a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant and the author of Anchored and Bias, Fired Over White Tears. It's a book detailing my lived experiences with workplace bias and what fueled my passion for normalizing conversations about differences and creating safe spaces for everyone to bring the best version of themselves to life every day.
and we're back with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. You know, tonight feels a little bit, folks, like our greatest hits. Uh, we're telling a bunch of different stories that all are based on various themes that we've reported on over the last several years. And this next story is no exception. However, the details are a little different. Uh, let me ask you this question. How many big tipper stories have you heard since the pandemic pandemic broke out in the last few years? Well, here's another one. Uh, Stephen Harward and a group of his friends went to the uh, Monar Monarca in a restaurant in Salt Lake City. Sorry, I'm getting that name very improper, I'm sure. Uh, went to a restaurant in Salt Lake City recently. And upon leaving, this, uh, had a, he, he must have had all this uh, planned out because he had $10,000 in $100 bills in his pocket. He called forward the owner, uh, Alfonso Brito, and uh, made a gesture to uh, to hand him the, the this ten thousand for his entire staff. Now we don't know if he asked all his friends to pony up a little something to help with this, or it was all him. Uh, however, what we do know is Mr. Brito, the owner of the restaurant, was quoted as saying, "When we moved to America, we had nothing to our names. We had twenty dollars in our pocket, and we started working in the restaurant business as dishwashers." Come on, folks, you can't write this stuff. From dishwasher to restaurant owner to a $10,000 tip. Now, uh, Mr. Brito did make a big deal about this on his Facebook page, on the restaurant's Facebook page as well. And I love these stories because we want to, I believe, we all want to live in a world where we can drop a $10,000 tip on occasion. Uh, I'd like to live in a world where I can drop a $10,000 tip anytime I feel like it. I would think you might want to live there too. Let's keep going with our good news tonight because this next story is another one that just reminds us it doesn't matter what life might look like. We're all in this together. Uh, Tina and Josh Fay, not that Tina Fay, uh, Tina and Josh Fay were visiting Pensacola Beach in Florida uh, when they noticed a 10-foot mako, mako shark that was making a beeline straight for the shore. And he did beach himself. The couple, they, they contacted authorities. Uh, and then Josh decided to try to take matters into his own hands and help nudge the shark back into the water. Well, he quickly realized the shark was way too big for him alone. And a few other stand, people standing by uh, decided to come and help in. This really agitated the shark. However, they were able to get him into deeper water. And after a few moments of recuperation, the shark swam away. No one was injured in the incident. Uh, and the shark was not available for comment. Great news, folks. I love uh, hearing these good news stories. And hey, if you know of a good news story uh, or something you think we should know about, please, by all means, send us an email, goodnews at ntmedia.org. That's goodnews at ntmedia.org. Hey, your next story, you might think it is our hero of the week, and it almost became our hero of the week. Not quite though, so we want to, but we still want to celebrate Officer Dylan Kaufman. He is of the Flagler Beach, Florida Police Department. Uh, he was done with his shift, 
was Lee was driving by a different beach and noticed that there were two people being caught in a riptide. Uh, Brooke Qualls is, was a, wis, uh, an, a, a witness, and she said seeing him go out there and how quick and efficient it was, it was just amazing to see. Officer Qualls sprinted, and as you can see on, a, on, his, on that inset picture there, uh, hopped a fence, pulled his vest off as he ran into the water, and saved both of the youngsters that were both the people affected by the riptide protecting and serving comes in many different ways. And thanks to Brooke Qualls for capturing this photo of officer Dylan Kaufman from the Flagler beach police department in an action in action. As he responded yesterday to two swimmers caught in a dangerous riptide. Thanks to officer Kaufman's efforts. The two swimmers were successfully returned to shore uninjured. Kudos Dylan. I'm going above and beyond to make our city safe. That is a department spokesperson. Uh, in press release. Congratulations, Dylan Kaufman. Thank you so much for being a good person in the world and going above and beyond. Hey, we have our hero of the week coming up, folks. But before we do that, we want to say thank you to our organizational sponsors and individual donors. So please don't go away. Stay with me one more minute. We'll say thank you and then we'll come back with our hero of the week. Please help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, One Heart Retreats, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, La Mesa, Satya Center, Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, and Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, as well as all of our individual donors. Thank you for making New Thought Media Network a place to be. Please come be you. And remember, like, share, and subscribe. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone that makes this network possible. If you'd like to join our committed giving program, please head on over to the website, ntmedia.org. Click on the donate button. Uh, and make a monthly donation. We'll add you to our next thank you video as well. All right, you've been waiting for it. Here it is, our Hero of the Week. Yep, folks, we couldn't do just one. Today's Hero of the Week are 40 passengers and passersby uh, who lifted a bus off of an 18-year-old in Berlin, Germany. Uh, Frank Kurz, one of the witnesses, said there was chaos. I saw men trying to lift the bus and it was clear to me I also had to help lift the bus and try to pull the young man from underneath. Uh, 18-year-old young man got caught underneath the back tire. Uh, a couple of nurses and a doctor, a surgeon in a nearby office, saw what was happening, rushed out of their building to be on site and help with the young man as that once he was released. 
Uh, he was responsive, but very perplexed uh, and had no idea what was going on. Uh, they did. It may, they were able to get the young man to a hospital. Uh, he underwent surgery for his arm, and there were no further reports uh, on his on his uh, recovery. Uh, Forty different people all working together to save the life of one man. Kudos to the good people of Berlin, Germany. You are our hero of the week. Thanks for being with us, folks. I'm Rev. Robert. I'm going to get out of here for now and let you get into the rest of your Friday evening. Be sure to check out, coming up in just a half an hour, uh, Rev. Michael Mangus and the Fireside Chat starts at 6 o'clock here on New Thought Media Network. And tomorrow morning, our Saturday morning Science of Mind and Spirit Let Conversation series uh, with special guest Rev. Barbara Jean. Uh, that's tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. That's always a great program, so join us for that. All right, I'm out of here for now. Until next time, I want to let you know you are amazing. I love you, and I can't wait to see you again. But until we do, I want to wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.